it's, it's great to be able to speak to you in chapel today. Uh, if you don't know who I am, if you're a first year, second year, I probably meet you in your third year. My name's Doug. And um, uh, I just, I just want to say also that uh, we, we're blessed uh, on this campus to have campus pastors like Jim and Gavin. And I, I deeply respect Gavin and his leadership and Kim and her leadership. And um, it's pastors in residence, but for me, it's, it's pastors looking towards retirement. So when I retire, because I'm an old coot, when I retire, I would, I would love to have someone like Gavin to be my lead pastor or Kim to be my lead pastor, because I know uh, I'd be taken care of pastorally. Can we just thank Gavin and Kim uh, for their lives, who they are? It's awesome. We do, we do appreciate them. You need to appreciate them more. Take them for coffee, give them, uh, you know, cards to the keg and uh, Scandinav Spa and Whistler. So they'd both appreciate that. So that's, that's great. Um, listen, this morning, um, this is like the wrap up to the pastors and residents chapel. Uh, but it's really the wrap up to the wrap up because the, the last pastor that was here was last Monday. And what I want to do this morning is uh, I, I'm a little bit adverse to, to, to talk about myself and I'd rather much listen to other people and their life and and the, the, the experiences that you have. But I'm going to talk a little bit, a little bit about my journey. But I had this thought that I want to talk about, not only about the thread uh, that we heard from each of our guests in the last few months on Monday, but I'm going to end, end chapel today. We're going to end chapel today with, with prayer for one another. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about the thread that I saw through each guest. Um, but I think our lives, like if you think about uh, the scripture where it talks about Simeon and Luke, it says that, that Simeon was a man of um, righteousness. And uh, there was a second one. I, I'm, I left my notes at home this morning to tell you the truth. Uh, so you're not supposed to say that when you preach, but I, I'm just, I'm just going to go for it. I wrote some things down and I've remembered some things. So uh, we know that in our lives, there are certain threads that, that God implants inside of us. And this morning, I want to talk to you about maybe some of those threads that I've seen. I think if there would be a message that I would give to young pastors today or old pastors, uh, a thread, I think, through the life of the Apostle Paul and how he saw ministry before he came to Christ and after he came to Christ. But, but no one's going to remember you or me for a sermon. They're not going to remember um, that I spoke somewhere or I led Recovery Church. I think at the end of the day, they're going to remember certain threads about our lives. Were they people of, of mercy? Were they people of kindness? Were they people of, of, of grace and, and um, mercy towards others around them? I think we're, we're going to be remembered for those threads in our lives. There's a few threads that have been part of my life as a pastor. I've been, I'm still a pastor. I, I love being here at Summit, but I also pastor right now. I pastor a, 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 a sub-congregation at CLA called Recovery Church. It's a... a Okay. Okay. We have a, a good group of that come uh, from there. And it's, it's a group of maybe about 125 to 150 people on Sunday nights who are in recovery, in addiction, coming out of that family members of it. And it really is the, it's one of the best things that I do besides being here with uh, the pastoral theology students uh, up here at Summit. But I still pastor. But if I think about certain threads of my life, um, I think about the thread when I left here WPBC, and I went to Kelowna, and I became a youth pastor in Kelowna under Fred Fulford. And I think the thread of, of a youth pastor, I think the youth pastors have one general message to their youth, and it shouldn't change. It's like, serve Jesus, love him, be passionate about, about God. That's kind of like the thread of, of youth ministry. And so for me, the thread 
through those years of being a pastor with Fred Fulford for 10 years and then going to Singapore and, and leading a, a church in Singapore, a youth church there for, for three years and then even working three years before I went while I was here at the school. I mean, the thread would be like, live a life of passion. Why should we do things with passionless heart and desire? So passion would be something that as a youth pastor would be one of those threads in my life. It would be passion. It would be loyalty. When I was in Kelowna, I had no reason to look at other places or go other places. I always had this thought in my mind that if I'm supposed to leave somewhere or do something different, God's going to put my name or my heart or my family on somebody else. But until that time, I'm going to remain loyal and faithful in the place that Simon, that God has given. So that's like my youth pastor days. Loyalty, uh, passion, uh, those are kind of the threads in my younger years of ministry. Then when I went to, lived in Singapore for three years and I came back and I pastored at Broadway Church in Vancouver and then I went to Calgary to be a lead pastor for 10 years. The idea of, of fighting for people and being there for people, it was this thread of justice and social action. It was a thread and has been a thread in my life. I think as Willie Jennings, he's a theologian, would say, God get ang- gets angry at the lack that people have in their lives especially when it comes around pain and suffering and, and hurt. And, and, and God, God suffers with people. And we, as, as his pastors, as his people, as, as young adults, as, as pastors and counselors and not-for-profits, as we are getting ready for ministry, we should be the people in this world that, as Romans 12 says, that, that we're not going to be overcome by evil, but we're going to be overcome evil with good. And that's part of that is like, like, like fighting for people and, 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 and believing in them and, and wanting the best for their lives. And I see that every Sunday night at Recovery Church, that these people that walk in that, that auditorium at CLA, they're fighting for their literal lives. And so justice has been a big part of my life in ministry. And social action. Uh, I've said this in my class, and I'll say it every single day, is I, I just don't think I'd want to attend a church that's not doing something in the community. We have thousands of churches across Canada, and all they do is worship and word and midweek Bible study. I think that's a waste of time. And so students, as you graduate from here, as you go into churches, if nothing's happening in the church that you are planted in, start something for people who are poor and broken and, and destitute. I think that's, that's, that's what's going to change a nation. Yes, prayer changes it. Yes, word changes it. Us, yes, Bible study changes. But I think God is the God of Matthew chapter 28, and he's the God of Matthew chapter 25. Where were you when I needed a cup of cold water and someone to help me and to be there for me? So students of Summit, be people who are full of justice and kindness and mercy in the churches that you go to. There's another message, I think, that uh, has been on my heart for the last two years, and it's becoming a a pretty heavy thread in my life. And it really circles around the life of Saul to Paul. And if we look at the life of Saul before conversion in Acts chapter 9 to Paul, we would see that Saul's, and we have to, and we look at it in this kind of light, Saul's ministry, okay, before he has a radical conversion with Christ, Saul's ministry was to eradicate the world of the sect of people who followed Jesus and followed, as people were called, people of the way. But, but we don't look at it like that. We think he's, you know, secular. He's not really Christian. He's this Jewish theologian. And, but that was his ministry. That was Paul believed, Saul believed that it was his ministry to eradicate the world of Christianity. Because I think as a, 
As a scholar, Saul would have known in Leviticus that it says that a person or a man who dies on a tree uh, is cursed. And so Saul would look at this group of Christians and they are following this, this person called Jesus who died on a cross, who's cursed. Why would somebody do that? But, but Acts tells us that Jesus had this radical transformation on the road to Damascus. And so Saul's life, his aim, his goal, his ministry was based on power and prestige and prominence. But then he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And we see something radically switch in the life of Saul to Paul. And we see the way that Paul would look at the cross after his encounter with Christ. And before he would, he would abhor what the message of Christ was. And now that when Paul talks about the, the cross of Jesus Christ in Philippians chapter 2 and Philippians chapter 3, Paul would now want to identify with the humble servant heart, the giving up of his rights of heaven to earth to die for you and for me. So, so Saul's ministry was about power and prestige and prominence. And then this radical encounter with Jesus, and we see now Saul, now Paul, see that the keys of the kingdom is not power and prominence and prestige and platform, but it's humility and sacrifice and it's servanthood. And it's not pride. It's about serving people and loving people. You know, if you don't read much about the Apostle Paul, if you read some of the pastoral epistles, you would see that Paul would be like a harsh kind of like letter-writing person to Timothy and Titus. And I think Paul dealt with bad doctrine very, very efficiently. Cut it off. Stop it. I also see a side of Paul that was tender, loving to the church that he was given to. We look in Acts chapter 20 when Paul is on the beach with the Ephesian elders, and it says this, that Paul is kneeling in the sand, and he's weeping with these Ephesian leaders of the church of Ephesus. Why? Because Paul loved, loved the church. And it's not about growth in the kingdom through power, prestige, platform. It's about humility and service and servanthood. And it's not about being someone special. It's about just being conformed to the image of the cross of Jesus Christ. So there's a term that I think that uh, we need to have in our minds and our hearts more. It's this sense of cruciformity. I want to be formed to the cross. And Saul, who saw it as an affront to um, his faith, now radically in Jesus sees the cross and wants to identify with it. So Paul would actually call himself, I am the chief of sinners. I am your servant. Why did he do that? He knows where grace goes. Grace doesn't go to the proud. Grace doesn't go to platform or prestige. Grace goes to people who understand their place. It's not about denigrating yourself. It's understanding that the keys of the kingdom is humility and service and sacrifice and just doing whatever God calls you to do. You know, we sing the song like, thank you, God, that you're alive. And because he's alive, he's going to direct you to places that you've never thought you would go because he can't be controlled. If you think about the book of Acts, nobody in the book of Acts did what they really wanted to do because of the obedience of the spirit in their life. The Holy Spirit led them to do things. Paul would, Peter, they would never think about, you know, Gentiles, loving the Gentiles. And it's, it's, that is, I think right now, if there's any message that I would say 
to pastors. It's not about platform. It's not about prestige. It's not about power. The things that change people's lives is just sense of humility and sacrifice and service. And listen, pastors, and I'd say this to pastors, you are not above people in your church and you're not below. You're with them. You have different gifts and ability and talents. It's not about your vision or it's not putting the vision of your church above people. It's about loving people and sacrificing for them for the betterment of the kingdom of God. So let me talk about those who are here. This I did write down. Try to remember as much as I can. Let me just give you a review of our guests. And there's two threads that I want to just bring at the end. And for sure, we're going to make lunch today. Let's just talk about the people that were here. Think about June Cho from Nanaimo Victory Church. It's an indigenous church, a First Nations church. You know how hard it is to pastor a First Nations assembly? with what the history of the church and the Catholic church. And you just, I just remember the, the words of June. It's like, yeah, some Sundays it was me and my, my wife and my kids and maybe one other person. But what the thread that went through the theme that June talked us about was about persevering, of loving the people. He told us a story. You might not remember this. He told us a story that one of the Sundays that they were gathering, a lady was just walking by and heard the music and she was suicidal. Do you remember the story? She was suicidal and she comes in and they had a chance to minister to her and and she came to faith and that's what it's all about. It's for that lady. It's for that purpose. And so it's not about the size of your congregation. It's not platform or prestige. It's about perseverance. Juncho. Then we had Monty Hare up here. (laughs) Monty's quite the guy, huh? Self-described nerd playing board games and painting little characters in his basement with a bunch of LGBTQ people from his community. That's ministry. That's ministry. I I loved what he said. This is what he said. Your currency is trust, and trust is by your integrity. Some great stuff. And through our presence, this is what he said, through our presence and his presence, God brings change in other people's lives. And then we had Matt Schultz from Gateway City Church in Kamloops. Missionary, pastor, and I loved what he said. You submit your present and you submit your future to the Lord. That God is more interested in your becoming than what you do as an individual. That's why through all the epistles, that's why through all the New Testament, God is always concerned about character before your platform or prestige or what church you're in, your some big Instagram crap stuff. He cares about your character. Are you ready to lead people with deep depth of character so you don't screw up people's lives and screw up churches because we have too many of those right now in our nation? Then we had Joel Nelton. Uncle Joel, as Gavin would call him, from Whitehorse, Yukon. The longest serving pastor in one location in the nation of Canada in the POC. 30 Six years. This is what he said. All ministry has to be led by the Holy Spirit. It keeps us from being stuck in a rut. And it was just like, you could feel that from him. He he loves the things of the Holy Spirit and prayed for us that we would walk in the Spirit and know the Spirit and understand the Spirit so we don't get like bored or in a rut, that we're always growers, that we're always learners. Then we had Evan Fletcher from Kimberly Community Church. Him and his family taking this 
church that has been broken and hurt and just a sense that he wants to pastor, not just the congregation that meets on Sunday, but that Evan wants to pastor the town of Kimberly. And did, could you sense how proud he was of Kimberly? And I think the youth ministry, if I remember correctly, they called it Kimbo Youth Ministry, that they're reaching out to, to youth on the streets and it's growing. And what a, what a great day with Evan Fletcher. And then we had last week, was it last week? Michelle Allen. Wasn't she cool? She was just like vivacious and bubbly. And she was such a beautiful person on the inside for North Douglas Church in Victoria. And I think she fostered about 3,000 children. Is that what it was? No, I think it was about 34 or something like that children that they've, they've fostered. Seven kids of their own. And what I, what I got out of the thread from Michelle was this, is that it doesn't matter what kind of family unit you've come from. It doesn't, because she talked about the dysfunction of her family when she was a child. It doesn't matter what kind of dysfunctional unit or family you come from. God prepares you for what's ahead, and he even uses the hurt and the harm that's been caused to you as a child for the ministry and the betterment of people in the future and in your life. Did you catch that from her? Okay, so here's the two threads. Here's the two threads that I want to say, and then we're going to just have a time of prayer. And um, if my wife was here, she said, Doug, you should forget your notes more often because it's a lot shorter. Here's the two threads that I caught from this pastor in residence, you know, Monday chapels. The first one is this, is that I sensed, and I hope you sense this too, joy in each one of our guests. Like real, real joy. I mean, these people are like pastoring and, you know, like June is like trying to figure out finances and there's nobody in his church, and, but it doesn't matter because he's faithful to it. I mean, the, the, the people that talked up in here, they had like, like, like joy that doesn't, it's not connected to the steel that you drive or the size of house that you have. And they had joy because they were obedient to exactly the place that God has called them to go. They weren't in a rut. They were open. They're obedient. And I just sensed joy. There was this passion because they were called to the place. And there's, there were people, they're always being surprised by what God is doing. And listen, I, I, I want to encourage you with this. And somebody said this, a guest said this, and it's going to be contrary to what he says, but I'm going to say this very, very clearly. If you students can do anything else besides ministry, don't do it. You hear what I said? I know it's Monday. I know you've gone through some long classes because I just taught one. It's time to wake up. If you can do anything besides ministry, don't do it. Because each one of our guests, even though that they go through struggle, even though they have trial, there's just a sense of, this is exactly what I'm supposed to do with my life. This is what God has called me to. And, and, and please do not allow the enemy and the world and other people take away the calling that God has given you. Each of you are in this room for a reason. Why did you come here? Because something inside of you said, I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to be open, I want to do ministry. Maybe it's counseling or not-for-profit or pastoral or youth, but God has called you here and fight for that. 
Don't let anybody rob you of your call. Don't let anybody tell you that pastoring sucks. And then the other thing they say is it sucks. No, yes, sometimes pastoring sucks, but there is a joy to it. And it's worthy to walk in obedience to our king and our master in a humble, open, ready to do whatever for God kind of attitude in your heart. So if you can do anything else but pastor, don't. Because the world needs you. Canada needs you. Your churches need you to be young people and young adults of character and of passion and, and loyalty and justice. Don't let anybody talk you out of your call. Fight for that. Here's the other thing that I saw, and it was a thread from our guests. The other thing I saw was this. And it's not, it doesn't seem very spiritual, but it kind of is. None of our guests were from the lower mainland. Did you know that? None of our guests were from the lower mainland. And here's the other thing that maybe you don't know. None of our guests were paid to come here. There's no honorarium. There was no like, hey, you know, we're going to ship you down from Whitehorse and we're going to pay you the money, money, money. You know, it's like they just, they, when Gavin and Kim invited them to come, they wanted to come because they wanted to be with you. They care about this generation and what you do and where you go and, and the thoughts that you have and, and the good foundation that you're building here. And I thought that was really amazing. What was amazing that there's nobody from CLA or APA or Broadway, and I applaud that. And listen, I'm going to just tell you right now, students, unless, you know, you know it's happening, CLA and APA and Broadway, they don't want you. They're not going to hire you. They're, they're, they're tr- I'm, just, I'm just telling the truth. Don't at me, okay? I work in one of those churches. I work in CLA. Do you know, do you know, do you know where, do you know where the sweet spot is in the kingdom? Listen, right now in our district, in our province, there are 22 churches across our province that need pastors. Could you imagine if some of you who are graduating, maybe there's like three or four of you really good friends and you say, let's do it together. Let's go to the Queen Charlotte's or let's go to Northern BC and let's find jobs and let's pastor this church together. You know, there, I, and I don't, I don't know the, the stat, but I can just imagine, I can, maybe Kim, you can help me here. I am sure that there are 50 plus churches with no kids ministry or no, no youth ministry in our province. You know, why would you, why would you want to hang out at CLA or APA or uh, please just, just relax. Some of you are looking at it like, I go to APA. I go to CLA. I know that. I go to CLA. I'm hired there. Why? This, this, is where, this is where God does his best work, where you graduate from here, and there's no position or there's no platform, but you know, like even right now, in a 100-mile house, the pastor in a 100-mile house, in this last six or seven months, there has been 55 children and youth that have been part of his church, and he's looking for a youth pastor in 100 Mile House. It's time again for us to have this pioneer spirit, this sense of I'm not just looking for a job, I'm looking for an assignment. Could you imagine if two or three of you said, let's move to 100 Mile House and let's build a youth ministry in 100 Mile House? Do you know what God will do? You know what God can do? Yeah, maybe it's not a youth group of 50 or 100 or 200, but I'm telling you, those 55 and 100 mile house or those five or those 10 in Queen Charlotte's, they will never, their lives will never be the same when you answer the call of God to go to some place that it's like, well, you know, I just got to go to APA and Broadway or CLA. Forget it. 
Go to the places that are hungry for, for the gifts of the church. You're the gifts of the church to go in there and love them and be there and disciple them. And then they can bring them back to Omega and Jace then can disciple them and lead them overseas. And there's this secular effect. And that's what the kingdom is about. It's not the APAs or the Broadways or the CLAs. It's those places that are crying out. It's like this Macedonian call. Come, come, come to us. Youth that are saying, would you just come and love us? Children ministries that pastors are waiting years and years for someone to come and just be there. And, and kids, this, that's what ministry is about, Summit. It's not about platform. It's not about prestige. It's not about power. It's not about your Instagram. It's about saying, Holy Spirit, take me wherever you want. Do whatever you want with me. I'm ready to go. To, to be prayed up, to leave this place not with pride or arrogance or thinking that you're better or below, but God's going to move us and do something. And here's what I'm thinking about this, is this, is that who's, when we do a campus in residency, pastor in residency in 10 or 15 years, it's you that could be here. It's you that could come back here and speak into the lives of the generation that's coming behind you. So there's threads. There is no shame in leading a small or mid-sized church. In fact, there's no small church. There's no mid-sized church. But I would say this to any pastor. There is shame in leading in a small or mid-sized church with a small vision. Some of you, some of you are going to change people's lives. You're going to change churches. But maybe some of you are just be like, I just want to stay in the lower mainland for the rest of my life and you're going to die. This is, um, this is what we would like to do. This is what we'd like to do. And I, I'm going to ask you just to engage for the next few minutes. Uh, Gavin and Kim, you know how at every service uh, we prayed Colossians 1, right? Over the pastor. Gavin and Kim, we're going to pray Colossians 1 over you, over your ministry, over your direction, where you're going to go. Please be hungry for God. Be hungry for his spirit. Be open to do and go wherever God calls you to go. Even Broadway, CLA, or APA. I'm going to ask if you could do this. Would you stand, everyone? And uh, instead of standing... Uh, together out there or being separate. Um, let's fill this space up here. Let's come together. Let's, let's, let's just come. Just come to the front. Come to the altar. Just come right to the front. And um, thanks for playing. And Gavin and Kim are going to come and lead us just in prayer. And that's everybody. Uh, profs, you're not excluded. Um, come on up. And just please, if you, you could you just, just lay hands on someone, okay? Don't be afraid. I don't think COVID is still, well, it's kind of a thing, but it doesn't matter. So just lock arms, and we're just going to pray a blessing over you and a covering over you, and uh, bless you, Summit. Okay, so keep pushing in here. We got lots of room over here, so let's shift, shift, maneuver, maneuver. Wonderful. Shuffle, shuffle. Look at you guys. 
Okay, uh, before we pray, like collectively, we're going to have the staff uh, pray over you. I'll lead us in the Colossians uh, verse, but we're just going to pray together. Uh, so I know you're here to uh, receive prayer, but I'm going to also ask you to pray. So let's all pray um, to receive what the Lord would have for us as he's convicted us. I believe he's convicted me. Uh, so let's pray into that conviction, and the Holy Spirit's impression upon our hearts, and then we'll, we'll have the staff pray over you. Lord, I thank you for the pastors that were able to be here to bless us this semester. God, again, I thank you for Pastor June. I thank you for his ministry in Nanaimo. I thank you for Pastor Monty and his ministry in Quinnell. I thank you for Pastor Joel and Rhonda and their ministry in Whitehorse. I thank you for Pastor Matt and his ministry in Kamloops. I thank you for Pastor Evan and his ministry in Kimberly. And I thank you for Pastor Michelle and her ministry in Victoria. Lord, I thank you for their ministry that they were here, the words that they imparted into our lives, the story of theirs that they shared with us that brought conviction, that brought encouragement, that brought edification to our bodies. Thank you, Jesus, for their ministry here. What a beautiful uh, image that we see in, in the moment with Saul to Paul. What a beautiful moment that we were able to experience of these stories of these pastors and their salvation journey to you and their redemptive story to you and their call to ministry from you. I thank you for these stories. God, I thank you that those stories are also represented here in this room that you have a plan and you have a future for every single person here in this room. Whether it is uh, by a place of uh, work inside a church uh, or of course just ministry that we are all a part of the church. God, you're calling each of us to serve your church, to serve our communities, to serve our neighbors, to serve those who are around us. And so Holy Spirit, I pray for that, that humble servant heart to go and to bless, to care, to do justice, to care about the needs of those that are, we live with. 
to declare your truths and your promises and your hope in this world. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would all come to a place of humility in our hearts and say, would you increase and would I decrease? Would your will increase and my own decrease? That your will would prevail in our lives, in our thoughts, and what we hope our future to be, that it would be your will that we drive towards and we work towards and we fight for, not our own. And so we submit ourselves to that, to your sovereignty, to your goodness, to your providence in our life. Uh, And Lord, I I thank you that of each of these pastors that were here, that they too were blessed. Thank you that we were able to be a blessing to them. Their time on this campus was was wonderful to them, and I thank you, Lord, for that. I I do want to mention before we get into our prayer that each of those pastors, like I said, they they enjoyed the worship, they enjoyed the time of ministry in here. all of them had also talked about how there was some sort of like healing for them or spiritual awakening for them like while they were here. And that was something that we didn't anticipate at all. We thought, oh, they'll, they'll enjoy their time. We hope they will. Uh, but like words of like healing in their hearts was expressed to us. And I didn't, I didn't expect that at all. Uh, and so what a true blessing that was for us. And so I want to pray for you, for your futures, that your time on this campus, that there would be a healing in your heart. If there, is, if there is a need, a wound in your life, that there would be a healing, that you would take the time while you were here to receive that healing as well. So let's pray this, this prayer together. Unfortunately, we don't have it up on the screen. Uh, and so uh, we'll say it out together. We'll say it over you, okay? And uh, so why don't you open up your hands like this we can pray this prayer over you guys. For this reason, since the day we heard about you,